My friends, the threats of this world are real. But we do not stand against such threats alone. You're listening to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. Our Heavenly Father stands with us, and in Him we can find all we need to face such times as today. The Lord offers to us a spirit of peace and tranquility in a place of fear, and a spirit of hope in place of worry. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 reminds us to humble ourselves before Him and to seek Him for healing upon our land. This earth is His creation for His people, and we know that He who died for His creation intends to sustain it. We need to draw upon His strength each day for the worry that that day holds and rest securely that He is indeed faithful to be with us even to the end of this age. In Acts 26 verse 19 it says, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. And that's why I'm coming to you today to speak to you about this vision that God gave for spiritual awareness with Pastor Davenport. It's the vision that God gave me to start this broadcast. You know, God's vision for Paul was revealed to a disciple named Ananias in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. So I hope you'll stay with me for the next 35 minutes or so as I speak to you about the vision that God gave me. You know, Paul explained to King Agrippa what Jesus had said to him on the road to Damascus. It says in Acts 26, 16 through 18, he says, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. And from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. Again, Acts 26, 16 and 18. When Paul was converted, he knew exactly what his purpose and his vision in his life was. God has a plan for each and every one of us. Paul knew what God wanted him to do and he did it with excellence. Because of this, he was able to reach the end of his ministry and to be able to say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. You see, the apostle Paul received his heavenly vision by asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? And I've asked that often, and I'm sure you've asked God, what he wants out of you, too. What do you want me to do, Lord? Throughout his lifetime, as we should also do, he continued to ask the same question. God, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? And the heavenly vision always comes from God. And I wonder in your heart, can you, can you put that into, into a sentence? What is God's purpose 
How many times have you asked that question? What is God's purpose for my life? What is the vision for your life? Now, many people have asked me, sent me letters and, and, and called me on the phone and emailed me. Many have asked, why? If I want to preach again, you know, why do I, I not return to Gospel of Faith Church that I began to preach? Well, one, it's at an altitude with my COPD that I can't go to that altitude and preach that often. And I love to return to my church and, and be able to preach. You know, that's what, I'm the steward of that, of that house of God. But that's not the vision that God has given me. And that's why I wanted to put this short message out on the, on the broadcast to explain this new vision that God has given me. I'm excited about this. This is a vision that God told me to bring this spiritual awareness. That's why it's called the spiritual awareness with Pastor Devonport. With these sermons that can involve you, the listeners, the people of all faiths and all beliefs. Not just, uh, you know, in, in the one particular belief. That's why it's a non-denominational church. When I was in Vietnam and God showed me the vision to build gospel of faith, and I said, but I'm, I, I don't know of a denomination. And God said, I want you to be non-denominational. I want you to go forth to where anyone can come. And it's the same with this broadcast. God says, I don't want it to be a, a, a particular denomination. I want everyone, anyone who, who believes. I want this to go out to all beliefs. And, and I believe that's what he, genuinely we want to reach millions of people around the world. I don't want you to be of any particular belief. I want you to be wherever you are. Good or bad, pretty or not so pretty, skinny or not so skinny, young, the old, the single, the married, the divorced, the widowed, straight, bi, lesbian, gay, trans. Uh, you, you matter to God. Loving life or hating the world, you matter to God. Never been in jail or, or a day a life, just got out of jail last night. I want you to know God loves you. Hallelujah. Red or yellow, black and white, you're precious in the sight of God. Jesus died for you. Whatever your past religious experience, God loves you. And he wants you to be involved in your life. Whatever religion or doctrine that you hold to or you don't hold to, God wants you in, to be a part of a personal relationship with Jesus. Whether you love Jesus or you hate Je Jesus, God is telling you that you matter to him. And we as spiritual awareness, we love you. We care about you. We're praying for you. We're concerned about you. And as an individual you matter to this ministry. Those are the ones that God said, I want you to reach. I want to reach out to you. God said, let this broadcast go out worldwide. Hallelujah. You and your listeners, pray for them. Bless them. In the name of Jesus, God said, and I, I will save them. I'll save their souls. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Now, church, this vision is, is bigger than just one person. This vision is bigger than just one person. We need to come together in one accord, and that's not a car, in one accord. <laughs> you see, he said, if, if you can agree, 
as anything they touch, Jesus said, I'll give it by my heavenly Father in heaven. And we need to answer that great commission in the book of Matthew, verse 28, 19 and 20, where Jesus tells his disciples, and that's us, he said, therefore, go teach all nations the gospel to all men and women, making disciples of them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this is the vision that God has given me. This then is the vision of spiritual awareness with Pastor Davenport. This broadcast to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ through soul winning through this broadcast. Praying bringing the word of God to the lost and getting the lost to a, a, a Bible-believing churches all around the world so they might be baptized in the name of, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. To allow you, our listeners, to be a part of this vision as both prayer partners as well as financial supporters of this ministry. Can you say amen? And I thank God I thank God for his direction and allow the vision to develop through our prayers, our prayers, our partners, in our prayer and fasting and obedience unto God. Most people go through life as, as a passenger in a vehicle called life. Well, today we need to get into the driver's seat with our map of God's vision and drive into the future. Hallelujah. Remember, if you don't know where you're going, you know, any road will take you there. You know, George Bernard Shaw once said, some, some men see things the way they are and ask why. But he said, I dream of things that never were and I ask why not. Praise God. And I want you to know that our, our, our heavenly vision will be tested. Whenever you receive a vision from God, people will try to persuade you that it's not from God. <coughs> Excuse me. Satan will also try to convince you that God has not spoken to you. Believe me, I hear it all the time. Well, you're crazy. Well, I am certifiable by VA, but that's okay. God still speaks to my heart in Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, say joy, joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Joseph, Joseph uh, was given a vision for his life through two dreams. Now, these dreams revealed that he was going to be a, 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 in a place of leadership over many people, including his own family. His family members rejected this, and his brothers became so jealous that they plotted to kill him. And he eventually sold him into slavery. And through Joseph's experiences in the pit, in slavery, in prison, and in problems, we see that God says, yes, no one can say no. We learn that although our visions may be tested, it will still be brought to pass by God. Moses received a vision from God at a burning bush. However, getting Pharaoh to release the Israelites and then taking the people of God through the wilderness was not an easy job for Moses. Pastoring this complaining, rebellious, stubborn group truly tested his vision. 
God promised that they would go into the land flowed with milk and honey. And this was his vision for his people. However, for them to possess the land that they still had to fight the inhabitants thereof. Did you ever think of milk and honey? They may have received milk and honey, but they still had to wrestle with cows and the bees in order to get it. Listen. In spite of all this, he had determined to, to obey his heavenly vision with singleness of purpose. He said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.14 our vision for a ministry is the best predictor of our future. Vision is looking at the future. It is always looking ahead instead of merely looking at our past. No matter what happened in our past, your future is spotless. It's a brand new, fresh from all sin, failures and mistakes. God doesn't see your past because you're covered in the blood of Jesus. Each day, God gives you a, a brand new chalkboard and nothing is written on it. It's totally clean. So your life is totally up to you. It's a brand new beginning because Jesus has washed it clean from the blood of Calvary. So what are you going to do with your future that God is going to give to you? George Barnes stated, Vision is not dreaming the impossible dream, but dreaming the most possible dream. You're not asked to dream the impossible, but dream, but, but most possible thing you can do with your life and ministry. As we look at our God-given vision, we focus upon God going forward. You see, I can go back to Gospel of Faith Church and preach. But can I reach what God wants us to reach? Can I reach out to the world and bring the good news of the gospel? to the world. We expect him to do great things through us and for us. Vision is an explanation of what God wants to accomplish through us here at Spiritual Awareness. Can we spread that good news to the world? For I know the thoughts, the plans that I think, the plan toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end, Jeremiah 29, 11. I want you to understand today that these are the things that we do. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. There's two, two most important characteristics of soul winning are this. Compassion for souls and the joy of the Lord. Now, I've kind of skipped over here, gone from the vision to the next step. What I need is partners in this ministry. And the best way to do that is, is to become a soul winner for Christ. How can I do that on a broadcast, you said? Because if you, as my partners, through prayer, financial support, and the next step is soul winning for Christ, that means that I need you to pick up the phone and tell everyone you know, everyone you connect with, when you're talking to friends, when you're talking to family, when you're talking to people around you, is to be able to talk to them and let them see the compassion you have for others and the joy of the Lord that you have because you're excited about this going around the world. And we all know other people. 
So today, I want to speak about the joy of the Lord. Because, you know, when you walk up and people see that aura around you, they see that, 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 that Holy Spirit and the joy that it brings to you, they're going to want to know why. In one of the most popular of all scriptures, Nehemiah 8.10, it says, don't, don't be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say that with me. The joy of the Lord is our strength. To better appreciate this scripture, we need to understand that the context of this writing. Now, the walls of Jerusalem have just been rebuilt. But there was, there was something lacking. They found out that life was more than brick and mortar. Their lives were in shambles. Sounds like today, right? We're staying at home. We got disorder. We can't go out. They had forgotten their spiritual heritage. They couldn't even speak the native tongue. But most of all, they had forgotten their God. They could see that it was a sin and hadn't gotten them to a mess. The word from the Lord came, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I wonder, you know, I, I looked at the news last night. I saw a man ripped off the bus because he wasn't wearing a mask. I saw churches not being able to have curbside services. Liquor stores could, but the churches could not. It just didn't look like America anymore, folks. And I wondered, I thought, boy, you know, people are protesting. Things are going, things are going the wrong way for this to be America. The walls are, 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 going to, are just kind of closing in on people. They're getting depressed, anxiety, fear. You know, one of the things we need to remember is that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And this too is going to pass by us. And we're going to get out of here and we're going to get back to doing the things that we need to do. But we remember that his joy is our very strength. And we're going to have to remember that God is with us. I just, uh, my other sermon came out this morning and, and, and it reminds us that God is still in control. We can't do anything for the kingdom of God without the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. I wonder if I can get a witness right where you're sitting today. Can somebody say amen right there where you are? There's an interesting scripture, <coughs> excuse me, in the book of Romans that I want to share with you today. In Romans, <coughs> excuse me, it's, it's a very tight studio in here, so I cough because it's kind of dusty. Romans 14, verse 8, For whether we live, listen to what this says, For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. So when we do go out, we need to remember that it's the joy that brings us strength. It's that smile upon your face when you greet others. Slow down the pace. Before this coronavirus, we were all in a fast-paced track. We were going 90 miles an hour. We'd go to work, we'd go shopping, we'd come home, we'd go to bed, we'd get up, we'd do it again. Take time to enjoy life. Because if the coronavirus has done anything at all, it's taught us that we're vulnerable. And we need to slow down, take a breath, and enjoy life. Enjoy God. Enjoy the many blessings that he brings us. Before I had ever preached from this scripture, it, was, it always made me sit back and think about my relationship with God. There are some scriptures that do that. 
They require a self-examination of our relationship with God, with our relationship with Jesus Christ. When you first came to the Lord, <coughs> excuse me, grab a drink here. Mm. Forgive me. When you first came to the Lord, baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with, with Holy Ghost, God could have, at that very moment, have chosen to take you straight up into heaven to be with him. So why didn't God do that? Is there really anything that requires that after we've accepted Christ, been baptized, that we stay on earth? We are saved at that moment, and so why, why not go to heaven and be with the Lord? There's really no need for us to stay here and struggle through this life. God could change us from imperfection to perfection in that moment. We could, we could take off the, the mortal body and put on the immortal body. It says, and be changed in a twinkling of an eye. The trumpet would sound. Hey, we could, be, we could be with God. God could just choose to take us straight to heaven without death, just like Enoch and Elijah. So why does God choose to leave us here? Why are we on this earth when we could go be in heaven with Jesus? We're still here fighting this fight and walking this walk. The answer is found in our text this morning that, that we may live unto the Lord. That we may live unto the Lord. Paul is instructing the church to live unto the Lord. What does that mean, to live unto the Lord? It means that we are to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Say that with me. The light of the world. We are to be the ones who change the world without being changed by the world. We are to show forth God's love to this world until he comes again. We are to live unto the Lord in everything that we do so that we can fulfill that great commission. In Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. That this whole reason that we are still here. It is to say today, but not always to easily accomplish. Even though the early church had great revivals, they struggled to fulfill the Great Commission. During the first ten years of the church, we see tremendous growth. There were 3,000 souls saved in Acts chapter 2. 5,000 souls came to the Lord in Acts chapter 4. Multitudes of men and women in Acts chapter 5. And a great company of Jewish priests in Acts chapter 6. But it all happened inside Jerusalem. You see, Jerusalem might have been enjoying the blessing of the Lord and many souls within her walls may have come to salvation during that 10-year span. <coughs> But what about the 99.9% .9 of the people alive in the world at the time who did not live in that city? Jesus said, "Go forth, therefore go forth to all nations and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What about the other cultures that God specifically told them to reach? The real issue here is this. How much blessings does the church have to receive before she's willing to and ready to fulfill the Great Commission? One of the great dangers we face when we go to the struggling small congregation, to these mega churches, is that we lose our dependence on God's power. 
<coughs> excuse me, we become self-centered instead of God's centered, more focused on ease than on evangelism. I tell you, I'm, 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 I'm can't wait until we get the new spiritual awareness uh, studio. Uh, it, it's going to be awesome because it's a larger studio, and we will be able to. Uh, it, it'll be clean, and 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 I won't be coughing as much. And many of our conferences, our focus is mainly on on what I call their Jerusalem, that it may grow and prosper so that it may continue to minister to, to everyone. That's not what Jesus had in mind, these mega churches. I spoke in a, in a previous sermon, I had met a, I had met a uh, young veteran, and he'd gone to one of these mega churches uh, here in Bullhead City, and he got comfortable and he felt good, uh, and he spoke to the pastor and told the pastor that he, he was a gay veteran and uh, immediately they told him that he uh, he was not welcome in that church. And uh, I, I don't know if you've heard that, that message or not, um, but he was he was injured. He was his soul was his whole soul was irreversibly harmed because they told him that the church doors were closed to him, that he'd have to seek uh, he would have to seek uh, worship somewhere else. That's wrong. That's not the house of God. And the last words that Jesus spoke to his disciple on this earth are found in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And I think that that church lost that. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, let me get back to the scripture. I just I needed to throw that in there. It was on my heart. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> let me grab something on my throat here. Obviously, I, I, I followed from gospel faith into the broadcast. We are not an organized religion, so I hope you feel comfortable with that. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power. Say that with me. But ye shall receive power. Let's say it again. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. And ye shall be witnesses. I want you to say that with me. And ye shall be witnesses. Another word for that is soul winners. Unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, I don't know where you live uh, around the world. If you're listening to this broadcast, I don't care where you live. The uttermost part of the earth, that's you, brother or sister. That's you. We are to, we are to uh, give our testimony, which is witnessing to other people. What is your testimony? What has God done for your life? And if you don't have a testimony yet, you hang tight. God's going to give you one. We are instructed to go beyond our, our Jerusalem, go beyond Samaria, into the uttermost parts of the earth. That's where you're from. Little Town, USA, Paris, France, Germany, Japan, wherever you may be, that's beyond. That's what God's saying to you. And there's two promises given in this verse. One, you're going to receive power from the Holy Ghost. The first promise of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye will receive power. The second one, you're going to become a witness for Christ. You're going to become a witness for Christ. You're going to become a soul winner for Jesus. You're going to learn how by, by prayer and supplication. You're going to learn 
how to become a soul winner for Jesus. How do I do that, Pastor? I've never had, I've never been trained. All you're going to do is tell your story of what Jesus has done to you. And by doing that and keeping the joy of the Lord in your heart, you're going to be an example for others. To The real test of any visitation of God is if we go out and become that witness for Jesus. Amen. It seems like the natural thing to do, to stay in the, in the confines of the church, but God has blessed us. God has blessed us with a ministry that we can just let people listen to around the world so that we can go out into the world via this broadcast. And he desires to lead us outside of the four walls of a church to become witnesses. That's why he's called us to do this broadcast, to reach the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ via these sermons. Thousands of Christians use the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the purpose other than the purposes that it's given for. For that, we will have to answer to God. But through this broadcast, we can get them ready, and then they can. we recommend that they go find a Bible-believing church and be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. How many of you know that we receive some things from God when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and the joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That is the fruit of the Spirit. That is the gift of the Spirit. Each and every one of these will bless you our lives, but there is much more to it than that. You see, we are the stewards, not the lords, of His blessing. I'm going to say it again. We are the stewards, not the lords, of His blessing. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is so exciting that we think that, that the experience is all there is to it. That's not true. It is exciting for more than one reason. It is powerful for more than one reason. That reason is, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I believe, church, that this is the main reason that the Holy Ghost experience is so exciting. So that it will stir us and, and motivate us to become witnesses, to be, become soul winners for Jesus. You don't have to be a biblical theologian. You don't have to be a biblical scholar. You just have to have the joy of the Lord upon you. Put a smile on your face and believe that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Hallelujah. If we just sit on the Holy Ghost and keep it all to ourselves, it will eventually die out because that is not the primary reason that has been given. I've got good news for you. God wants his whole world, this whole entire world, to be saved. If you have a problem with crowds, this broadcast is for you. We can't keep this Holy Ghost to ourselves. It needs to be spread throughout the entire world. We can't put a muzzle on God's power. I'm going to say it again. We cannot put a muzzle on God's power. We can't suppress the joy because if we do, God will take it away from us. It is not just for us, but it's for them, all of them, around the world. God is not willing that any should perish in this world. It was the heartbeat of the early church. And now, 
With your help, it will be the heartbeat of a world ministry in this broadcast. The old church of the Testament started out right, but they stopped too soon. <coughs> they wanted to reach out to Jerusalem among their own kind, but they did not want to go to the ends of the earth. In fact, they didn't even want to go to Samaria. Two verses previous in our text in Acts chapter 1 verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at the time restore again the kingdom to Israel? They were only concerned with the kingdom being restored to Israel. They wanted to sit in their own state of spiritual blessing in Jerusalem. But Jesus wanted them to leave behind the comfort of Jerusalem and go to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. And that's the very main reason that Jesus gave us the power. That is why we are given joy unspeakable when we receive the Holy Ghost. So that we can go out into the world and the world can become affected by the joy and the power of the Holy Ghost. The early church finally figured that out after much persecution. That's another message altogether. We'll get to that one day. And when they did, the revival went beyond Jerusalem. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass, and now kingdom, that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and spake that a great multitude, both of Jews and also of Greeks, believed. There's something about the joy of the Holy Ghost that draws people. Paul said it takes more than words. <coughs> excuse me, to win people. We had it figured out. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 5-8, through 8, it says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And he says, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word much afflicted with joy of the Holy Ghost. Paul told the church of Thessalonica that gospel came in power, joy, and the Holy Ghost. That is how they won people to God. Then those believed, those people became examples to the people of Macedonia and Antioch. In fact, Paul didn't even have to go there because the power and the joy of the Holy Ghost was so strong. It was contagious and it spread abroad. The Bible says in Isaiah 12, 3, Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. How do we draw water out of the wells of salvation? With joy, for joy of the Lord is our strength. I wonder, I wonder today, He's still the way, the same yesterday, today, and forever. They will draw wells. In Psalms 51, 8 through 12, it says, Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy, thy, hide thy, face, hide thy, hide thy face from my sins. There we go. And blot out my in, inequities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit with me. Cast me not away from the presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and hold me with thy free spirit. I tell you, 
Today's the day. This is why this vision is so important. That we would have a ministry that would go forth, that we could claim to all men and women around the world. I need your help. I ask that you would join with me in this vision to go around the world and spread the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that it's hard. Many of you are shut-ins. I know that many of you can't get out. And I know many of you have been hurt desperately by churches. Today, I want to give you an opportunity to join with me. I cannot do it just on my own. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the vision that you placed upon my heart. And I ask, Lord God, that you would ask those that are listening to our broadcast to join with me in this crusade. Help me, O oh Lord, to be strong in you. Help them to join with me as a prayer partner and a prayer warrior and to support this ministry. Be with us, Lord God, as we fight off this virus. You told us how to fight this virus by covering ourselves with the blood of Jesus as they did in Exodus chapter 12. Now, Lord, we call upon you. As we do our part with the broadcast, we call upon you to send it across the airways, around the world, to bring that audience in that we might get them saved through Jesus Christ. Lay hands upon this broadcast, Lord God, and all its listeners. We are mere mortals, but you are super naturally our God. Touch them, O Lord. Heal them. Bless them. Bring us through this virus so we can get America back to work and keep us safe. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you would like to help us by supporting us, whether by prayer, your prayer request, your letters, or if you'd like to make your tax-deductible donation, however that may be, you may send all those prayer requests and letters or donations to Pastor Davenport Ministries, backslash GOFC, to P.O. Box 11042, Fort Mojave, Arizona, 86426. Again, that's Pastor Davenport Ministries, backslash GOFC, P.O. Box 11042, Fort Mojave, Arizona, 86426. We are an Arizona 501c3 ministry. I want to thank you for being with us for this uh, special God's vision for spiritual awareness. 
until next week, may the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you until he brings us back once again. God bless you.